Hello and welcome to Beer and Money, a financial fireside chat for tech professionals. We work to simplify your finances so that you can enjoy your life. Now here are your hosts, Ryan Burkwell and Alex Collins. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. I'm your host, Ryan Burklow. With me, Alex B. Collins. Hey, Ryan. I'm going to keep going with that trend. Great. <laughs> uh, so for those of you who have been listening to us, thanks for returning. For those of you who are new, uh, this podcast is all for tech professionals, and, and it's just it's just a chat around money, uh, and it, we want it to be as low-key and less stress as possible. It came from a, um, a seminar that we used to do at a tech company, and uh, we called that seminar Beer and Money because we wanted everyone to come in, have a beer, and just have a frank conversation. And so we thought we would transition that into a podcast, and here we are. It's all about we are. talking about money and having you not stress over it so you can live the life you want to live. I just think about it a little bit differently and, and come out with better results. So after you've listened or for those return listeners, if you want to head to iTunes and give us a rating, that would be fantastic. Uh, if you want to head to our website and go to beerandmoney.net, and that will uh, take you to our site where you can ask us a question and maybe we can talk about that on the podcast. Uh, as well as you can reach out to us with any other questions that, that, that pop up that maybe you don't want to talk us to talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> Air out all the dirty laundry. No, we won't do that. Our last podcast, we spoke about the behaviors of, of Americans around talking about money, not from the behaviors of investing, but from the standpoint of just behaviors around having a conversation with your spouse around money and how it's taboo and we don't really have a ton of time to do it. Well, and it's not the most pleasant conversation in the world usually. I mean, even if it, even if it's things are going amazing financially, still very few people want to have that conversation on a regular basis. And it's, it's critical. Uh, it's critically important that, that we do. Yeah. I mean, for all the reasons we, we said on the last podcast, but for those of you that maybe this might be your first podcast, Here's the thing. Oftentimes when we're dealing with spouses, there tends to be, there tends to be, and I, this isn't across the board, but there tends to be one person that's really kind of dealing with their, they're the financial advisor of their household. Let's call them that. Right. And their job is to make sure that their family's financially set now and into the future. Obviously the problem can occur is if they're not financially set into the future and if they fail, then not good for the relationship, not good for the family, not good overall. And if they succeed, well, congratulations, you did your job, right? So it, it's kind of a one-way street and we, don't, we, we want to have the conversation so that you, you and your spouse understand what's going on financially because here's the thing, one of you may pass away prematurely or in retirement and if the other person knows nothing about what's going on, doesn't set that other person up very well. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the things that as you were going into the intro just kind of hit me that we didn't talk about last week is one of the big benefits of having a conversation around finances on a semi-regular basis is 
if that one person, if your family is set up where one person deals with the finances more and heaven forbid something happens to that person, eek, eek. that's one of the benefits of working with professionals is making sure that you know who to call to be able to figure out where everything is and how it's structured and all of the details. Yeah. You know, there's a ton of positives for talking money with your spouse. Like the the people that are talking about it, let's just call it what it is. They tend to be the people that are actually successful. Not that you have to talk about it to be successful. However, there is a correlation. Right. (laughs) Just like... If you talk about being successful and you hang out with successful people, there's a correlation that you yourself might be successful, whatever that definition is, right? So what we thought we'd do today is talk about different exercises or different things you can do to break the ice, if you will, with your spouse to actually sit down and have, let's just say, start the conversation. I mean, it's basic financial literacy, trying to help folks understand how some of this stuff works. Yep. So, you know, we ended the last conversation, um, the last podcast around talking about like vision or what we, what life we want to have and actually having that conversation with your spouse. And so, um, you know, it naturally occurred with my wife and I, um, which is odd, I, I think for a lot of spouses, or maybe it's not, I'm not sure, but we were just sitting down and we were talking about going on vacation and our favorite spot is Maui. And we started chatting about how it would be fun to live there. Next, you know, it, it, it evolved into this bigger conversation around what it is we want our future selves to, to look like from a lifestyle, from a, from a kid's perspective, values, all that kind of stuff. And uh, that conversation backed into the, the financial conversation of, okay, if, that's, if we want to live on Maui and go back and forth between Maui and Seattle, visiting our children, we kind of have to have this thing called money to get us there. Like Maui's not cheap, neither is Seattle, neither is life. <laughs> so, uh, date night might be uh, something to do. And while it's hard to do weekly, even if it's once a month or even once a quarter. Well, once one of the things that's beautiful about doing it once, once a month is you can take a look at a snapshot of your finances and a lot of our finances in today's world are built around monthly expenses, our mortgages, our car payments. A lot of our expenses are monthly expenses. And so by taking a look at the snapshot, whether it's the first day of the month, the day you get your bank statement, whatever day you pick, just be consistent with whatever that day is, you know, the first, the fifth, the 10th, the 15th, whatever. And you can t- easily take a quick snapshot of your finances in and then you can take a look at how that changes over time and it becomes a very efficient effective tool for tracking stuff yeah absolutely uh the beginning stages you may not want to go in there with like the budget (laughs) as i think that is the the big stress of talking about the the budget let's just face it none of us like a budget like no. you tell me to stop going to Starbucks or something like that. And I'm gonna tell you to pound sand. Like I'm gonna do what I want. However, if you tell me, well, you're wanting this life in Maui, how are you gonna get there? Now that changes the dynamic of that. So going out, having a dinner or even a glass of wine with your spouse and just start that conversation of, hey, what is it that, you know, what is it we wanna build with our family? And start there 
that can ease into, to your point, the monthly budget. My wife and I, I don't think we do it monthly, but we did have a conversation last night and we looked at the credit card statement and both kind of went, ah, that was a bigger month. What in the world do we do? And we actually went through and saw it and we said, okay, maybe we should not do as much of this. And in, in our case, it was going out to eat. We like to go out to eat. We should stop going out to eat as much in the next couple of months. So it's just being, you know, presence of mind for that. Oh, and I mean, that that's really one of the things that that's, the reason for doing this is if you never talk about it and just bury it, it won't get done. You won't pay attention to it. You won't, like, it won't be top of mind. And so it becomes very easy to have money get lost in the sauce of life where you don't actively save, you don't, you know, build towards these future goals. And it becomes massively challenging to reach if you ignore it for a decade or more. It just kind of hit me when, you know, the, 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 the struggle is, especially when your kids are younger, you know, when, when my kid, my kids are nine and 11 now, so we don't have to struggle as much anymore, but the, when they were younger, when they were like four and six or three and five, for us to go out to dinner as just her and I, <laughs> all right, right, we'd have to either hire a babysitter or con or con someone into to coming in. Con, that's like really negative. Like I trick someone <laughs> to come in and watch my kids, or or ask her parents to come in, come come down and watch the kids. It, it, it wasn't the easiest thing to do. Um, and then the money to pay the babysitter, and then the money to go out. Like it ended up being like we could go to McDonald's, and next thing you know, I'm five hundred dollars in the hole because it cost me four hundred and fifty dollars to actually pay the babysitter. Right? Like <laughs> that's a little sarcasm there. But what 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 I'm getting at here is, even if it costs you. A little bit more money to bring in the babysitter. Well worth it in the long run. To go out to eat and spend the money there. It's so you're gonna be so much better off having the conversation. And it doesn't have to be an entire dinner talking about money. Which is kind of oxymoron if you think about it when the fact is we're gonna talk about money yet we're about to spend it. <laughs> <laughs> However, relationship wise, great to have a date night with your wife. You know, keep dating your spouse have fun as well as talk about the money. And it's, it's the, it's the best of both worlds. And maybe you knock out the money thing first so you can have fun. The rest, like depending on your relationship, set it up the way you want, but it's so valuable. Like it just hit me how valuable that would have been had we been more consistent when we had kids that age. Right. So let's, uh, let's jump into the activity here. So if you would grab some pen and some paper. And if you're driving, Mark, bookmark this and come back and do this later on because this is an exercise that I think, um, I'd say most Americans maybe never do. Right. So on the left-hand side of the paper, draw a box that says assets. And now let's carve this box up into five different categories. Let's make it even simpler than that. Sure. <laughs> let's just call it how much money do we have, Fair. right? That's your savings accounts, checking accounts, retirement accounts. How much money do we have lumped into that, right? And how much real estate do we have? Do we own? Like what's the value of our house? Yep. That's, that's your assets. So, or if you own a business, business valuation. How much your business is worth? Don't do the valuation. So again, assets. What are we worth? 
And what we're looking for is we're looking for just an approximate value. You do not need to spend a ton of time researching like, oh, well, this is worth $17.50 and that, no. It's we're trying to get a ballpark of be within the nearest, you know, five, ten thousand dollars something in that neighborhood and don't don't spend a ton of time overanalyzing this to death. Then on the right hand side of the paper, write liabilities. These are all of the debts. This is your credit cards, it's your car loans, it's your mortgage, if you have student loans, whether it's for you or for your kids business loans, all of those things, and those are all negatives. And we take, we sum up all of the assets, we sum up all of the liabilities, and we subtract the liabilities from the assets, and the number that we're left with is our net worth. That is the sum total of the value of what we have worked hard to accumulate. Now some of you like that that exercise especially if you just got out of school might be freaking out because if you graduated with a couple hundred thousand dollars of student loan debt oh yeah right it chances are you might have a negative number of net worth yeah i don't know i haven't seen the number in the last couple years but a few years ago the last time i looked at this number uh, if you had a positive net worth in your 20s you were in the top 10 percent of people in the US. So again, don't freak out that the, the number's negative. Now, if you're in your 50s and the number's negative, that's a, that's a different conversation and you should really sit down and figure out, okay, well, how are we gonna change this? The purpose of the net worth, right? Like this is like grandma's first birthday card to you to the last deposit maybe you put in your savings or 401k. like. Like this is the, the culmination of everything you've done from a financial perspective. And I don't say that to scare you. I say that to have you understand like this is what that number represents. And you don't know where you're at and you don't know where you're going until you know you know where you're at. And there's, there's no right or wrong way on how to spend your money and what you want to do with it. That's an entirely different conversation. This is simply trying to identify what is the number. Yep. So here's a couple questions to ask yourself. Once you know that net worth number, something to think about, and we've discussed this in a prior podcast, but something to think about is what's, what's the main financial resource that's going to drive that net worth number up? Actually, just drive the number anywhere. Right? So it's, what is that? Right? So I'll just tell you, well, you know what? I'll let you figure that out for yourself. Think about what is it you have to have that's coming in the door that's going to grow your assets and help you pay down the liabilities? That's question number one. Then question number two is, okay, of that financial resource that's doing that for you, how much of that are you going to need to keep living the life you have now and into the future? Right? Like, think about that aspect. And then the last thing is, is okay, as, as this stuff's occurring, where are you currently putting your money? And I'm not talking about like expenses, although that might be something you need to do if you're not saving money. If, yeah, or if you're, it, like, I have some 
clients that managed to deficit spend for the better part of three decades. Right. So that might come out of this conversation. And if it does, that's a good thing because now you know that. And, and you, can you can work to fix work, it. Exactly. So where are you currently putting your money? And maybe the more important question that most people don't think about is why are you putting it there? Yeah. How is that helping you build toward what you want to build? Well, and how do all these, how do all these decisions interact with each other and how do they all work in concert to accomplishing your goal? And whatever your goal may be, whether it's a small goal, whether it's a big goal, whether it's retirement, buying a house, sending your kid to college, or some culmination of multiple of these different things, thinking about how all of these various different aspects work together or work against each other. So we've listed a couple activities now, right? We've, we've got the, the monthly uh, budget meeting, maybe, and that's a negative connotation, but the monthly meeting to look at, okay, where did our money go this month, right? Did it, did it go to the places we wanted it to go? Um, we have the conversation around, you know, building out, you know, left box of assets, right box of liabilities, subtract the two, getting your net worth, knowing where you stand today. We've had the conversation of just having the conversation of what we want our lives to look like. Yeah. So. I mean, the, going back to the budget conversation, if you don't enjoy having the budget conversation, you don't really have to have a budget conversation. The only thing you have to have is you have to know how much are we saving towards our goals and is that going to accomplish it? If the answer is yes, why do we really care where the rest of the money is going? Yeah, that's a great point, right? Like if, if you're actually, if you're, if you're protecting your future self and by protecting your future self, I'm talking about saving money for your future self then spend the rest of the money now. Like spend, like if you're saving 20%, 25% of your, of your income and it's gonna get you the life you want, to, you want in the future, then go spend all the money right now. Yeah, spend I mean, the rest. We can look at rules of thumb around like house and car and travel and all of these various different things. And you know what? None of it really matters. The only thing that really matters is, are you protecting your most precious resource and are you saving for the future? Like if you're doing those two things, the rest of it will take care of itself. Now, if you, you know, shift from saving 40% of your income to saving 25% of your income, well, that's going to have two effects. One, you're going to be saving considerably less. Two, your lifestyle or what is required to have success in the future just went up and just went up dramatically. And, you know, we can argue about whether it's 40% or 25%. I was trying to make an extreme example, but like almost a more extreme example would be if you're saving 15% and you dropped five, it's only a 10% difference. It's less than the earlier example, but it's going to be a much harder difference to make up. Maybe one exercise is to actually figure out what percentage you're actually saving of your income. That would be a good exercise to go through. So we've listed several exercises, several different things to, to chat about. Uh, we hope one of them actually hit home and maybe had you even think about having the conversation with your spouse uh, around money 
and around what you what it is you're trying to build. So as always, we hope this is valuable for you. And cheers. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers in the firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 3585 Maple Street, number 140, Ventura, California, 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Security, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Number 2019-90275, expiration 11-2021.